Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conversation Romance, the podcast. Tonight is an 8 o'clock version. We don't usually do these live recorded, but we're recording over on TikTok. No comments on TikTok. So if you're over there right now, just wait. We'll, so what we're going to do is we'll have a small introduction, and we're going to start our new book today. Our new book is called Ember, or Burning Embers from the Ember Lake series by an author, a friend of an author of, I'm very proud to call a friend of mine, Sarah Arden. That is a pen name for this book. But if she joins us, I'll be sure that she would point out who it is, right? So, all right. If you're new to the the podcast, my name is Jeff. I'm your host. I'm actively looking for a co-host at the moment. If you know anybody, please let me know. You don't have to. You don't have to be really good at podcasting or anything. Just have an opinion. Be, don't be afraid to challenge somebody and be a team player. Right. So before we get started this app this evening, Alexa, volume down three. Let's make her go quiet. Alexa, volume up one. So I am Nobody. I'm your host of Conversation Romance. Uh, last year, about this time, we read a romance novel. And that was the first romance novel I had ever even looked at. Unless you, unless you consider penthouse letters. Dear penthouse, I never thought this would happen to me. <laughs> right. But what I think you're going to see is Sarah is a very... This, these books are about, what, nine or ten years old, and Sarah is a very forward writer. She she brought some stuff. She was using terms of, tech, uh, of things that are really hot right now ten years ago. She... You'll see in a minute. But I'm going to tell you what she does really good. She's really, really good at painting a picture of safety. Have all the romance stuff that we talked about in the first book that we read last year. This is a prequel, actually, to last year's book. But all, all the stuff in that first book that was romantic and those firemen with their abs and their hoses and their trucks, right? That's uh, That wasn't the part that we got all of the, the feedback from. Everybody was really focus on how she handled emotional and physical safety in a relationship. So I learned a ton. I mean, I learned so much. I had no idea, right? She told me a lot of that first book. So I'm looking forward to this book too. Let's see how this would go. So without further ado, let's say we get started. Now, there's going to be a little test here. Uh, Shirley, my uh, executive producer and friend, she has recorded the first, I did, we did this online, the f- part of the first chapter, we did this uh, a few days ago. So we're going to try to do it, we did that as a, as a site read. So I'm going to see which one you like better. I've already read half of this, so the first half of the first month, the chapter will be a, a reread and the second will be a site read. And the, the feedback I'm looking to get, whether you're on a conversational romance on Spotify or anywhere your podcasts are found, or you're on TikTok right now. If you're so after the show, after the podcast is over, after once we finish the conversational romance, we will have an after show over on TikTok. Turn the comments on. Feel free to tell me I suck, or I don't suck, or you want. To, I mean, you want to hear more. Let's make that clear. So.
without further ado, I say we do this. Right? So, here we go. Burning Ember. Ember Lake, book one. We read book two last year. By Sarah Arden. Here we go. Peyton Cole has always wanted to be a firefighter. It was in his blood, you could say, right? His grandfather, his father, even his mother and his brother had served in the Lucky Seven. He'd always thought it heroic, and he wanted that. He wanted that more than anything else. He wanted to be a hero. That was number one. Until it came to be one. He'd hesitated. He was afraid that he... he the one time he shouldn't have hesitated, he did. Afraid of the roaring beast that devoured everything in his path. And because of his failure that one time, because he wanted the glory more than he, more than he wanted to serve any young anything else. He wanted the glory, but he failed. And a young girl paid the price. It had been eight years since that terrible July night. Eight years, and Sophie Benedict was never far from his thoughts. He thought about her wherever that alarm clanged a furious life. He thought about her whenever they ran training drills and just practice. He thought about her on warm, sultry nights like this one. When the crickets and June bugs sounded with beautiful songs in the dark. He thought about her especially when someone called him a hero. The man in front of him right now shook his hand, slapped his back, and brought him a chilly glass of that nice imported beer that Ben's place kept on tap. And he called him a hero. And for Hayden, it was like being forced to stand and stare at himself in some kind of warped funhouse mirror because he just didn't see himself that way. He knew that Eddie didn't mean anything bad by it. He also knew that Eddie wouldn't understand why he hated being called a hero. To Eddie Bales, Hayden was a hero. He had saved the man's son from a terrible death. And how is that not a hero? One day, Eddie Bales' generator overheated. <clears throat> it was after a really bad ice storm, and the, his boy had been playing in the secret passageway that had been used for the Underground Railroad to be able to that shit. Right? When Hayden realized that that's where the boy was trapped, all he could think about was Sophie. And the flames howled and tore at him. It was the sound of her voice that pushed him forward. And the way he felt when he finally got into it. He saw the puckered burns on her tender skin, knowing that they were his fault. No, so this time, this time is different. And every other time would be too. No matter what it cost him, no matter what, he could never let that happen again. So he smiled. He nodded. He accepted the beer and wished Eddie and his family the best and escaped outside where he could be with his thoughts. When he got outside, he couldn't breathe. Praise for something that any human being should be willing to do for another, especially a child, was suffocating and made him feel like a frog. It was funny that he wanted this, but it had taken a tragedy to show him his heroism wasn't something to aspire to. You guys hear that noise? Hang on. I, I, I can't pause this, but please, let me fix I know what that is. Let me fix that. Hang on.
I've got to talk to the maintenance man about the conversation of Robot Studios. Dang it. Well, if we hear that, you know, if we hear that again, we have ghosts in the house. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry. Where was it? Where were we at? That's the problem with these studios. You know, the maintenance man is a bit jerk, too. All right, let's go back. Once Hayden got outside with that beer, he couldn't breathe. Praise for something that any human being should be willing to do for another, especially a child. Well, it was suffocating. It made him feel like a fraud. It was funny that he had wanted this, but it had taken a tragedy to show him that heroism wasn't something to aspire to. The kind of bravery, recognition, it could only be birthed from trauma and loss. Other people's, not his own. So for him to be a hero, others had to suffer. Knew that now. Hayden sucked down big lungfuls of the night air and tried not to think about Sophie. It failed miserably. It was this time of year. You know, every year this time of year he went to see her. Check on her just to see how she was doing. He felt like every storm in her life could be traced back to that one night. Those few moments that he had hesitated to do his job. About that time, a hand clamped on his shoulder, and he saw it was his big brother, Roy, his brother, Royce. You know, man, she doesn't hate you the way you hate yourself. You're just the guy who saved her life. His brother knew him well, too well. He could never hide his feelings from Royce. Well, she just thinks I'm that guy because she doesn't know any better. Well, maybe you should tell her, Roy shrugged. <clears throat> I think you need to you need her forgiveness before you'll ever forgive yourself. Hayden didn't want he didn't Hayden was a private guy. He did not like anyone poking at his soft plate, especially his brother with a stick. So when are you gonna tell Liv Dodd, the old bartender in there, that you're in love with him? Versus expression darkened. I'm not. Then why are we here every Friday night, brother? The same reason everyone else from the Lucky Seven is here every Friday. We're helping Ben Dodd's widow make a living. Royce took Hayden's beer and downed it. Like in a sip. He said, she was my best friend's wife, dude. Of course I want to look after her. He wanted me to. He'd have wanted you both to be happy, Hayden said. Hey, don't turn this around on me. It's almost eight years to the day, Hayden. Have you been to see her yet? No. He looked up at the wide open expanse of sky above. I get the feeling she doesn't like it when I visit. Then say what you need to say this time and let it go. <laughs> right? He leaned back against the full log cabin veneer of the bar, still looking up. Could he do that? Did he really just say what he needed to say? Hmm. Could he go see Sophie one last time and just spill his guts and be clear with her? Beg her for his forgiveness. 
that he knew in his mind that he did not deserve. Not a chance in hell. Nope. He knew he couldn't do it. But he could go see her. He could make his yearly pilgrimage, right? That's just, what else could he do? Sophie lived in a cute little cottage right on the river. At one time, it had been a ferryman's house, a man who made his living shuttling people back and forth across the river. It had sat empty for years until Sophie purchased it with the insurance money that had been in a trust for her parents, right? Hmm. Well, he kind of felt responsible for that, too. Even though by the time the truck arrived at the house, it was already an inferno. God dang, a lot of people die in this place of fires. Holy shit. So, with his guilt, Hayden decided to walk the two miles. Maybe he'd get his head straight by the time he knocked on the door, get all the venom out, you know. Or at least push down the venom far enough that he wouldn't spill it over when she advanced the door. He checked his watch, and it was still early. Maybe he could take her to dinner. It was the least he could do, right? Sophie didn't get out much, especially not during the day. Her skin, now, was sensitive to the exposure of sunlight. Just one more thing she could thank him for. Part of him had wanted to avoid her that first year when she was still going through surgery. Skin grafts, all the horrible pain that she was through. It was almost like every time he would go, it was like watching a horror movie on his phone. But he did. He went. He forced himself to go. And Sophie, for her part, really had always been glad to see him. And in some way, that made him feel worse. Right? Oof. My gosh. He kept going. If she could stand the pain, so could he. The habit had stayed with him after she had healed. Even, even when she went to Park University. It was only about an hour away, but he made the trip nonetheless. He would have made it if it had been on Mars. He's that Hayden. Hayden just was that kind of guy. He used his early visits to remind himself who he was, his purpose, and what happened if he failed. As he neared the house, he saw that there was a single candle burning in the window. His heart dropped as somehow he knew it was for him. Hayden wondered how she thought of him now. If she had dissected him and his motivations for her sharp analysis. He supposed he could ask her, but there was part of him that didn't really want the answer. He watched that flickering flame for a long moment before he descended the wood stairs. His boots were loud on the wooden planks of the deck, and he was suddenly very aware of his every moment. You know, when you're connecting, you break that silence with a kaplonk, kaplonk, and all of a sudden it's like, bang! He knew it, and it was too loud. It was like almost announcing he was there so he couldn't leave. And his nerves. He felt awkward. He felt out of place. But that didn't stop him from knocking on the door. He did. He knocked on the door, and it, oh, it, it echoed like a rifle shot through his ears. And slowly, the door creaked open like young Frankenstein. And the interior of the house was lit only by that one candlelight for him. It was faint, but somehow still welcoming and warm. He could smell tomatoes and basil and oregano right in front of his face. 
And much, much to his surprise, the first words out of her mouth, she said, I knew you'd come. I made extra. Sophie held the door wide. He shoved his hands in his pockets. He said, I guess, I guess this has got to be a thing. And he kind of shrugged him. <laughs> he kind of embarrassingly said, maybe next year I'll call first. <laughs> she looked at him and she said, no need. He said, I'll be here. I'm always here. When he stepped inside, he noticed that she'd cut her hair. She'd been self-conscious about the scars on her neck. They were barely noticeable now, just a slight discoloration from the grass. Her blonde hair was shorn to the jawline, the locks failing forward to frame her face. It made her blue eyes look that much bigger. My gosh. He, he said, he didn't even know what he was saying. He said, your hair. <laughs> and she put a hand to her hair and looked away. It's awful. I know it's awful. I shouldn't have done it. I, I shouldn't have done it. He goes, no, no. I was just going to say it's very pretty. Her hair was like corn silk. So blonde. It was, it was like platinum blonde almost. It was lovely little blonde. <laughs> he knew what he had to take it for the cut it. To show her skin, to expose her scars, as to expose her pain to the world. <laughs> but it was pretty. He always thought Sophie was a beautiful woman. As a teen, she began large eyes. You get those big green eyes. Somewhat cultish and held the innocent promise of a beautiful woman she had become. And now, dude. Now that she had grown into her features, she was stunning. Absolutely stunning. I know where this is going. It was something he tried not to notice, though. The last thing she needed was him perving out on her boobs, right? <laughs> nice boobs, honey. Sorry, I, I'm so glad I saved those boobs. He didn't say that. I said that. He had already screwed up once, and he wasn't going to screw this up again. She, she needed a knight in shining armor. She needed that hero he thought he wanted to be. So he had damn well better be that for her. To protect her. Take care of her. Support her. He would be whenever she needed for the rest of his life. He owed her for his failure. For his hesitation. If nothing else, just for his hesitation. And then for the pain that she had suffered because of it. Sophie looked at him, almost searching in his eyes, sheepishly, and she kind of looked at him and said, you know, you're supposed to say that, aren't you? And he goes, yeah, maybe. Because you are, right? You're supposed to be nice, but that doesn't mean it's not true, Sophie. And I do so. Please know it doesn't mean it's not true. So with that, anticipation was hanging in the air. She just let out this big old, uh, you know, big old breath. <sighs> Look, I'm glad you came. I am. I'll admit it. I like seeing you. But you only come on this day. <laughs> you don't really call. You don't really text. So I know you come out of duty. Or worse, is it pity? When Sophie said this, she looked away again, almost like she was hiding. 
she looked at him back across her, across her shoulder and said, Hey, that's the last thing I would ever want from you. Hayden looked her in the eyes with everything he could muster. I mean, everything he could muster. He finally said, what do you want from me? So, that simple, that simple sentence was so hard to say. He, he wanted to make amends so bad. He didn't know what she needed. He didn't, he damn sure didn't know what she wanted. But maybe if, since he asked the question, maybe if she told him, that would truly be the last time he would need her peace. Or absolution. If you didn't have, if you didn't have peace, maybe you can get some sort of absolution, but he wasn't even really sure he deserved that. So now that he thought, Okay, I'm going to ask, and he did. But Sophie didn't look at him. It was almost as if the words came out of his mouth and hung in mid air, and they were both standing at the words, trying to jump. It was frozen in time, with a snowflake in glass. Very unique, and very delicate. And he looked at him, with eyes that he had never seen her look before. And he said, tell me what you want, Sophie. I'll give it to you. There we go. That's a good 20 minute read. That's the first section of chapter one. <clears throat> so, 22 minutes of a read. Half of that read was uh, reading and half a sight reading and half of it was done. Uh, so we will get finished with chapter one tomorrow and we'll go on to chapter so from, from now. So the chapter will start at eight o'clock tomorrow evening. And then from then on out until this book is done, we're going to do this every night, one chapter every night. It's going to take about 30 to 45 minutes. We will publish this podcast every night. So you, you don't have to be live if you don't want to. So, please feel free to let me know one way or another if if dude, this is the worst thing you ever heard and you want you don't ever want to do this again. Don't waste your time, Jeff. Please let me know. I don't have to say it like that, but you can say it. I'll tell you. So, thank you for joining us on Conversation Romance. Thank you over on TikTok too. We're gonna to get to the after show in just a minute. So. Remember our sponsors. We are we are brought to you by uh, part and partly by Not So Smart Enterprises. Not So Smart Enterprises is an offshoot of Bailout Productions that that is also that helps produce this show. Surely, my executive producer. And what we want to do with uh, with Not So Smart Productions is we want to help you start your podcast. I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to cost. It might be really cheap and really free in the beginning. But we want to help. I had a, so this is a, we're a year into this almost, and I haven't even come close to figuring out. But what I do know, I want to share with you, and I want to help, and I want you to help me. Because if I explain it to you, I'll know it better. 
And then you'll know, you'll you'll see it with different eyes, and you'll tell me how to look at it. But you know, it's not a contract. You don't have to admit. It. I just want to help. I want to help give you a voice. So again, thank you for joining us on Conversation Romance. Spotify everywhere you got. Shirley, thank you for helping get that audio problem fixed of yours. And uh, if you want to help your podcast, let us know. If you want to be a guest, you want to talk about a co-host, let me know. Conversation Romance at gmail.com, j4ranch at gmail.com. My phone number is on the website, conversationromance.com. My phone number is right there. It's this one. It rings right here. If it doesn't ring a VOIP, I might not answer. It might go to voicemail. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know. And if I have to answer, I don't know. But please leave a voicemail. I will get back to you. I promise you. So thank you again, everybody. Have a good night.